Welcome to Conversations with Grace, the podcast, the place where we delve into the processes and strategies that these entrepreneurs use to manifest success. You will get inspiration from these individuals who found their life purpose. What could be better than living your passion? Have a listen as they talk about their journey. It's a great pleasure for me to introduce Andrew Calderella. His book, The Way, is the perfect solution to all the problems facing our world right now. I'm so excited to talk with Andrew, but before I introduce him, let me give you a little background on him because his story is quite amazing. Andrew was born in Detroit, Michigan in 1966 to parents fighting for the civil rights movement. His life is a combination of the Rocky story, Think and Grow Rich, and the Celestine Prophecy on steroids. He has been through so many harrowing and intense situations that those stories alone could fill volumes. He has overcome dyslexia, other learning disabilities, being legally blind in one eye, and being bullied to become a school leader, athlete, and attain university degrees in speech and communications, religious studies, and Eastern philosophy. He has lived overseas, travelled the world, is a martial artist, yogi, and what many call a health and fitness fanatic. He is a serial entrepreneur and has run a successful strategic consulting firm for over 20 years. He is the creator of the Seventh Foundation and One Movement and the best-selling author of The Way, Seven Revolutionary Steps to Living a Meaningful Life and Making a Real Difference in the World. He is an inspirational speaker, trainer, and coach who specializes in helping athletes, entertainers, entrepreneurs, executives, and other leaders to become their best in all areas of life while making a more significant positive impact in our world. He is helping some of our world's leading movers and shakers and will influence many more in the years to come. Thank you so much for joining me, Andrew, to Conversations with Grace. Uh, Thank you so much, Grace, for having me here. I'm really excited to be on your show. Uh, It's a great opportunity. Your book is entitled The Way, Seven Revolutionary Steps to Living a Meaningful Life and Making a Real Difference in the World. With everything that is happening in our world and the topics covered in The Way, it seems obvious to me and so many others that this is the perfect time in history for The Way, for it covers everything we seem to need to know. This took you over 30 years to write, which is amazing. So can you tell us what inspired you to write The Way or why did you write The Way? Sure, absolutely. This has been a, a life's quest, one can say. A lot of spiritual experiences in my life. A lot of, uh, we all have our, our mission, you know, our, our collective mission is to all become our best and live our best life. But beyond that, we all have a calling, I believe in. I found mine when I was young. I didn't necessarily know what it was, but it was to find a lot of these answers. And what I found was quite shocking and amazing to me. Took, like you said, over 30 years to get to this point. In 2015 was really this breakthrough because I have been finding all these answers, but there was so much and it was so complex and so uh, intricate in all these different genres, but how to explain it to people to where it made sense was really the challenge. So on April 3rd, 2015, I was literally sorting out the beginning and ending of this much grander work on how to be our best and create a better world and these four pillars of, of self, society, universe, and God. And I kept finding my references to, this is key to true success. This is key to true success. And I was playing with them. I put them together in the right order. And it was seriously like a secret code got unlocked. I was blown away. I saw how these keys were steps and how all the, not maybe not all, but a lot of the major universal truths I had found fit into these seven steps. And honestly, from that moment on, I I wrote for three days straight without much sleep or doing anything else at that moment. I really learned what obsession meant. I left my, I have a strategic consulting business. Like you said, I have a drug testing business. I gave up my clients. I let the other business run on autopilot and just dedicated myself to finishing this book. And again, it's not uh, that I'm some writer guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? That, that's like, uh, it, it was like deciphering code to be able to write this because of my dyslexia and other things. So everything was backwards and messed up and took a long time. And now I'm starting to talk about it. This is, I believe, my seventh show uh, just in a couple of months. This hardback version just came out on December 24th, 2020. So 
we're literally just getting started. So that's kind of, like I said, this has been my mission to get to this point where we as a human race can kind of come together and uh, realize that it's not as complicated as we're being told, how we're not all divided like we're being told, how it's really much simpler and how we all really want all the same things and, and how to get, do it, the exact steps on how to get there. <laughs> Let's get into the book. I really want to know more about it. I want to explore how to live a meaningful life and make a real difference in the world. Um, these ideas and discussions have brought me such clarity. So, And I would love our audience to understand at least part of this. The way starts by discussing what the true goal of life really is and the difference between success and true success. So can you help us understand this as I think it's actually so timely? So can you tell us a little bit more about that? Sure, absolutely. You know, when we look at uh, what people really want in life, we talk about like what is the true goal of life. Uh, A lot of times people say that we want to be successful, right? But what does that really mean, right, to be successful? A lot of times we equate being successful with wealth, power, fame, uh, sometimes with beauty, with intelligence, and obviously being holy, right? But if you look at people's lives throughout all of human history, right, kings, queens, the most successful, wisest among us, you see that these circumstances don't automatically fix everything in your life. You don't automatically know uh, what to do, how to say it. Uh, Your relationships aren't fixed. You're not automatically healthy. So just being successful, being wealthy, you know, having a lot of fame is more of a challenge in life. It's not the ultimate goal in life. Does that make sense to you? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, and when we look at like, what is, how do we really gauge a successful life? When you talk to most people, there are qualities that we associate with a successful life. And the simplest way to say it uh, is that you know, it's what a loving mother wants for her child, right? She wants her child to be happy and to have long lasting relationships, to find something that they're passionate about and do it as maybe their livelihood. You know what I'm saying? And have all the different facets of what makes up a great life. And again, if you look at, at this idea of success as whatever quality it may be or role that we fill, this is a more of a human challenge. And if you look at it, if you can see human history is a failure after failure after failure of the leaders that are in these positions. A lot of them would rather stuff their houses with gold than take care of the people that they're you know, lording over or working for them or whatever it may be. I think that the, the bottom line is like when you look at our society, we come to the, the conclusion that there's really two different types of leaders, right? There are those that are of merit that are really looking to help us and and find solutions. And then there's the other type of leader who is really looking to uh, put their thumb over everybody. They see everything as a competition, more about them gaining more power, wealth, and fame than it is about them doing what's right. This is sad. I mean, this is a corruption of spirit. We can, you know, point your finger at them and say, ah, ha, ha. But, you know, it's like they say that fame and power will corrupt and absolute power corrupts absolutely. So this idea is kind of built into us as the humanity, right? If you look at the idea of original sin or this flaw within us is really not a flaw. It's a gift, right? Because without it, we couldn't fail. We would be puppets, right? If you couldn't choose uh, between right and wrong and actually literally fail at it, we wouldn't be made in the image of God. We wouldn't be anything but, but puppets, like I said. So that's like the first idea of true success is for us all to become the best people we can be, live this fulfilling life, uh, obviously having enough of the resources and everything else in our life to do it. But that's really the true goal of life. Follow me on Instagram at grace underscore Chevelle. I think everyone would agree within the next section of the book, you outlined the way and how it can work for all of us. So can you explain a little bit about that? Let me just start by saying this, the whole setup on which we're living, a lot of people are familiar with the game of life, the literal like board game, right? So it comes in a box, you open it up, it has a, a board, you have pieces, you throw dice. That same idea can be translated to what real life is like. We call these the human conditions. This is the game board. This is the rules, right? So if we look at life as the human conditions, there are universals like gravity, space, time, day and night, entropy, you know, all these big things. Then there are human centric human conditions that are, you know, like we have to feed ourselves. We're all born ignorant and totally helpless. And we take time to grow, you know, all these facets, you know, to human life. So you put all those together and you get really the the rules to this whole thing. You can see that it becomes a training ground. So the way 
uh, literally in four words, is living rational positive action. And it's living because it's something we do all the time. It's living rational because it's logical, it's reasonable. It literally includes a customizable implementation plan uh, that will fit your life. It's living rational positive because it's about integrating virtue into your life. And we talk about virtue. This is really, really important. This is one of those huge epiphanies I had, I don't even know, you know 20 years ago that kind of changed my life. And this is what every uh, self-help book, every uh, religion, every point of humanity kind of boils down to. Well, we look at what we want as humans, right, as the highest value traits, we call those virtues, okay? And there are many different virtues, okay? Being disciplined and happy and hopeful and uh, dedicated and, you know, you name it, you can almost look at any, uh, when you look at, like, if you join the army, you, you take an oath, any oath, they're literally riddled with virtues, right, that you have to uphold. Uh, so this idea is what humanity holds as our highest value. So it's living rational, positive, because it's about integrating all virtue into your life, not just a couple, as some books will point out. And like I said, that's one of the secrets. So if you look at any success book or any of these books, you can literally flip through them, see the, oh, this is a virtue, and this is what they're saying, how to implement it, if they even have an implementation plan. So living rational, positive action. When you have a virtue, that's the whole point. You have to make it real. So like uh, with the virtue of being punctual, right, you have to take actions, you have to set reminders, you have to leave on time. The virtue of being healthy requires you to take actions like having a good eating health plan, you exercise plan, sleep plan, so forth and so on. Every virtue requires these actions. And the best actions we call best practices, right? There may be more than one, there may be fine tunements on them that fit you. But for all of us being human, since we're, this is all based on the human conditions, we all basically want and need the same things all the time. We have this day and night cycle that repeats that allows us to train ourselves to get better and better and better. So the idea of the way is for you to take this knowledge and integrate it within your life within every 90 day cycle, because that's about how long it takes to build a habit. And as you build better and better habits, you become a better and better person, right? So living rational, positive action, it's about integrating virtue and best practices into your life and making them your core habits so that everything else you do in life is at your best. Wow. So there's actually seven steps in the book. So can you go through the first four steps in more detail? The first three steps actually work a little bit together. So let me just uh, simplify this. I'm going to say this really quickly and I'll go through each one. We all innately know the good, we want the good, and we would choose the good if it were in front of us, right? So the idea of this is if literally as a human race, we have to perceive something and then learn about it to know it, right? But once we know it, we as humans kind of innately know the right from wrong, right? We know good from bad. So uh, you know that clean water is better than poison, love is better than hate. You know, anything that is good is something that you would naturally want for yourself too, right? It's like you would want to be loved and not hated. You would want to be free instead of being a slave. All of these ideas. So the idea that we know it, we would want the good. And then obviously we have to make this choice. So it's not enough just to want something as a human. We have to literally in our head make a choice to reach out for it and take it. So those are the first three steps. And I know they sound simple, right? It's like, you know, want, choose, of course. Uh, But that's the whole point. This is what allows humanity to all get on the same page and start down this path, right? Because if you think about this, this isn't as simple as it seems. This is deep. We are literally made to know right from wrong. We have conscience. We have morality. We have the idea of checks and balances. We have created a society and and a way we raise our kids that is all about helping them become better and better. And you know, we would sacrifice for our children to, to push them forward and so forth and so on. This idea is so profound and it goes to the core of who we are. So that's how, if you just take these steps, and again, you have to read the book to kind of understand how to make a true choice and all the rest of this, but the idea of humanity realizing that we are good seeking beings, you know what I mean? We're not evil. Yes, we, we have this tendency where we can be corrupted, But at the same time, you don't have to walk that path, right? We can be good. We can choose the good. We could, we obviously all want it. There's not a human being on this planet that I talk to about what's happening in the world. I don't care where you live in Australia. I'm in America. There are problems globally that we're all dealing with. We're dealing with problems in our country with these forces that are fighting. 
and they're fighting at the fringes. They're not fighting at the center of anything. It's just they need to get down to this core. So those are the first three steps. Um, you mentioned the fourth step. The fourth step is where things really get kind of real. This is another one of those epiphanies that I had. I was so deep. I can't even tell you. It was like into Freud and Jung and the behaviorists and the mental, you know, the, the idea is if you change your mind, you change who you are, you change your actions every day, you change who you are. And you put those together. And obviously that's more of what makes sense. But when you get to the core of what they were talking about, it all came down to what is your core belief system? You know, this, this idea of people talks about core values, how important they are. Everybody pretty much I talk to does not have, doesn't not even know what their core values are. Some people throw out things like the 10 commandments. I'm like, okay, so what are they? They throw out a couple of them. They don't know them all. And when you go through them, they don't cover all of life. Right? So what I found when I was very young were these, uh, after a major spiritual experience were these 10 laws and they cover all of life. Right? So the 10 laws are what, make up our moral code, this, this core belief system, so that it will allow us to navigate our life. It, it really shades everything you are, right? So it's like your core belief system will, you know, shade your thinking. It decides, you know, your attitude and everything else that you do and say and become every day. I mean, literally all aspects of your life. So the first law is, and these first two laws, I'm going to say them both together because they really make up Okay, the sum of what all religion, right, all faith, all self-help, all society is about. Okay, and this is why they're the first two laws and they're the laws of purpose. So your primary purpose of life is to become your true self, live a true life and go to heaven. The primary purpose of society is to create our true society. So you put those two things together. It's about you creating the best you you can be right, living the best life you can live helping to create a better world and ultimately going to heaven, right? And so those are the first two laws of purpose. If you want to talk about those, we can, or I can just go on to the, uh, to the other laws, the universal laws. Oh, it's so interesting. Keep going. <laughs> all right. All right. Um, the, uh, the third law is respect life. Now we talk about respecting life. It's, there's so many facets to this. Obviously I covered in the book. It's a good chunk on not only how do we care for our world, but it's also why, you know, this is our womb. This is our nest. This is literally a world that will clean our water, feed us, uh, clean our air. It'll do everything we want. If we just balance it, we cannot thrive if our world is not thriving. Right? So this third law of the universal law is respect life. Okay. The next law, law four is all people are equal. Okay. Now, when we talk about people being equal, we don't mean that every human is equal in ability as clearly some of us have better skills than others. We also don't mean that every uh, tradition and way of doing things is equal because certainly there are harmful ways of doing things and things that are not as well, like building houses out of mud versus building houses that can withstand an earthquake. You know what I mean? There are superior ways of doing things. We talk about being equal. We mean that People have the right to life, to be treated with a humane level of respect and common courtesy and dignity, privacy, equal rights, free speech, consideration, fairness, justice, tolerance, freedom, you know, access to high qualities of systems of society, especially the basics like food and education and all the rest of the things. It's about being generally treated well and not discriminated against, right? That's what equality means. And just to go on a little bit about this idea of equality, because it's a big deal in our age, especially with the biggest problems of the world, I think, is, is related to this idea of race. But the problem is that there isn't a race problem because we're one human race, right? For both science and religion agree on this point of equality, that science says that 99.9% uh, .9 of our DNA is the same, right? And for religion and faith, it's that God created everything in all of us. So religion and science agree that we're one human family right? So the real problem is that with equality, that we're all, again, we're born ignorant, we're born helpless. And then some of us learn this, you know, hatred and uh, prejudice, discrimination, bad practices. Uh, they, they get a twisted sense of empathy and sympathy, right? So we're talking about this idea of the sickness of superiority, right? Infecting people, infecting organizations. You know, all of these organizations are rising out of corrupt systems, rigged systems, malformed legacy systems, right? That are 
rising literally out of ignorance, oppression, slavery, unfair work, and the destruction of our world. So, you know, we inherit the past, so we have to fix it as we go forward. There are things that are good in the past, right? And that's like step seven in this about keeping what's good and then perfecting what isn't. That idea, you know, is kind of what's holding us back because there are traditionalists versus uh, more liberal people that want faster change. But there's a balance here. We need to keep what's good, right? And even perfect that a little bit and maintain it as we go forward. But we also then need to change these things that are not good and realize that there are much better ways of doing things. So again, so that's uh, law four. Law five is naturally follows from that is treating people as you want to be treated. So this idea of reciprocity, uh, the golden rule has shown up in every faith throughout all of human history, right? It's about fairness. It's about a level playing field. It's about basically treating everybody in that situation as you would want to be treated, right? You could look at any situation in the world right now and see that this is not being honored. I mean, just the idea of how uh, in America here, George Floyd was literally murdered on the street. If you saw people as equals and were treating people as you would want to be treated, right? There's no way that could have happened. There's no way that the people around them could have let that happen. You know what I mean? The whole structure of justice would be different. And just since I mentioned justice, let me just say this. I, along with the book, I'm shooting a bunch of videos. I've already done a, a bunch. There's, there's one on how to fix our justice system, how to end corruption, which is a lot of things we're talking about right now. Just to go on with the laws here, the next five laws all have to do with God. And I don't want to go into those too deeply right now, but just to start the idea of, of the starting point of God. Okay, we're not talking about religion. You have to separate religion from God. God, messengers, religion, organizations, books, those are all separate things, okay? The science and religion actually agree on this point of God, okay? I've talked to science. You cannot discount, right, that there isn't a God. Their instruments just might not be good enough to detect it. The idea of the original creator, you can call it the nothingness, you can call it before the Big Bang, what happened, you know what I mean? Whatever you want to call this first creator, the starter of the action-reaction cycle, this idea that something has to come from something or nothing creates something. You know what I'm saying? That nothingness is, is the idea of God. So the starting point is that we and all of creation are basically energy and that it's all been created from this source, right? So we're also made in the image of God, the idea of uh, us being imperfect beings or, or striving to be perfect and all these different aspects are kind of covered in this uh, next section of the five laws. But again, I don't think in this presentation right now that we have time to go through that because we had a number of other steps to go through. I hope you're enjoying Conversations with Grace. If you like, you can also listen to my other podcast, Your Road to Success. It's a motivational step-by-step guide, taking you from where you are now to living the life of your dreams. So have a listen. So it's really about creating a positive path and integrating these best practices. I think it's so simple yet complex at the same time. I know, I want, I choose, I center. And now in step 5B, what do we learn and do? Well, step five uh, is all about you perfecting your daily way is what I call it. So it's really, it should be obvious that if you perfect your day, uh, it can help you become a better person. And within your day, you have to realize that it repeats, right? So it repeats and then we build habits. And over, like I said, 90 days, you can, uh, you can build a habit. So what's your ideal day, right? Your perfect day would be to where uh, you're doing all the foundations of life. We'll get into those, but it's like, you know, hydrating yourself, uh, training your body, your mind, your emotions and spirit, all these different aspects properly will allow you to become a better and better person. So, you know, it's about mastering every day uh, and every hour so it works for you, right? So let's go into this just a second. I want to talk about time for a second. Um, the mastering time is one of the, the major aspects of this. There's activities that you do, right? And then there's transitional moments between when you go from one activity to the other. We cover how to master both aspects of this. I just want to, again, we don't have to cover, we can't cover every aspect of the book in this one hour. If I could, I wouldn't have written a book. Um, but I do want to touch on this one aspect. And this is key. It's like 
We are not machines. We are humans. We're biological, electrical machine, but more like an animal. So you need to move around all day. You need to do different things for your body to be healthy. Literally, there are glands in your body. If they're not like smashed and stretched and things, they don't work. So if you're just stagnant, it's going to hurt you. But there's also gravity and other forces. So if you're standing up all day or you're doing sitting in a chair all day, these things can hurt you. So the idea is to create animal-like movements during the day where you do many exercises. You don't have to sweat all the time, but you can certainly flex. You can certainly do quick movements. You can do different, stand up every hour, stretch out, hang upside down, do all these different activities Mm -hmm. that will help you throughout your day instead of just working out. Oh, I I work out twice a week at the gym and the rest of the time I I sit around like a machine. You know what I mean? Like I I never raise my arms above my head or or anything. So the idea, what I want to talk about is... uh, These are traditional or the transitional moments. So when you're walking down the hallway, you don't just have to walk like a robot. You can literally take deep steps. You can walk sideways. You can do karate kicks. You can do so many things. You know what I'm saying? Instead of just doing that. And any of these transitional moments, you can do mind exercises. You can slowly send to yourself. You can do a mini meditation. You can, there are so many things that we can do. And again, when I say our, our society is kind of rising out of this idea of slavery and twisted ways of doing things, if you look how we're all taught in school, how we're all taught to work, it's like we're, we're literal slaves. Don't move. Don't talk. Don't move your arms. Sit there. Look forward. Do your work and shut up. It's like, there is no human being that's meant to do that. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you wonder why our kids are all messed up. It's like, look at our schools. I mean, how much are they running around and learning and doing all these different things? Anyway, so one of the aspects here is we're going to uh, master time in the beginning. We're going to master the art of life. Again, I don't have time to go into all of this and ritual. This is kind of like how these three things, four things together kind of help you enrich your day. Ritual is like the idea of rituals, including things in your day that will make every activity more interesting. Like you can have a scent. The scent is, you know, like when you go to sleep, lavender, uh, you know, lemon during the day in the room can make a difference. There's music can make a difference. There's all of these different aspects of ritual that will allow you to enhance your day. And then the idea of the art of life is that, just to use buildings as an example, you can see a big square building, you know, just ugly, or you can see a building as a work of art. Human life is like that. When I was saying you can walk around and live like a little boxed machine that never raises their arms and expresses themselves and, you know, is a good little robot. Or you can develop an art to your life where it's beautiful, you know, where, you're, where it incorporates all these wonderful aspects and makes your life a living art. Those three aspects, time, ritual, art, kind of integrated into your day, right? Let me get into the, uh, the foundations of life. These different aspects of how you do different things in your day. You know, the first foundation is uh, life tasks. So this covers everything that we do every day, right? From, and how we do it the best way and, and all these kinds of things. So, you know, just give you a quick one there. It's like, when you're doing anything, think about your body position, think about your breathing, think about your mindset. Are you present? You can do many uh, workouts pretty much when you're doing anything to, to make it richer. You know what I'm saying? So, Uh, The second foundation is sleep because to master our sleep uh, allows us to do everything else better, right? Seriously, if you don't get the right sleep, your brain is foggy, your body doesn't work well. If you're in an age faster, uh, you're going to have a lot of health problems. And like I said, your mind's not going to be as sharp. But if you master sleep, especially if we can teach our children how to do this, the right uh, activities from how you, uh, your routine to go to sleep and your awakening routine, these uh, basic practices, again, if you master them and you put the right aspects in there, uh, how you hydrate before you go to bed, how you hydrate when you first wake up, how you eat when you first wake up, when you exercise when you first wake up, how you warm up your body, your mind, how you focus your mind on your life instead of the world around you and all these different things. If you master these techniques, right, it makes you a better person. So mastering sleep is about how you, you master your routine that you go to sleep because it sets you up for the next day and how you awaken as well as how you sleep. The next one is our practice and our practice covers mind, body, emotions, and spirit. And if we master how we train these different aspects of our being, right, it will obviously help us be a better person. And, you know, just again, there's so much here, just to talk about the physical aspects, you know, when we're, when we're talking about training our bodies, you want to train it in many different ways, right? We're training it to be strong, 
fast, enduring, balanced, graceful, flexible, agile, precise, intense, coordinated, controlled, tough, dexterous, ambidextrous, as well as to really sweat sometimes, right? And the other one is like when you're training your mind, you're training it to be logical, controlled, creative, flexible, focused, happy, as well as fast, as well as to increase your knowledge, your intelligence, your wisdom, your memory, and problem-solving abilities. So when you take all of those different aspects and you put them together, those are just mind-body, you can integrate them together in the most different exercises. So you can be lifting weights and doing mind exercises in your head at the same time. You can literally like, let me just say this too, the goal of you training your body and your mind and everything is to live this long, healthy life, right? You don't want to be getting to the age of 50 and then have to replace all your joints and things, right? You want this all to last. And if you're not an athlete, right, you need to be training in all these different areas in the right way to let yourself recover, build, get stronger, and maintain this level of total health and exercise. That's your goal. So when we're talking about the next foundation, the fourth foundation is fuels, right? And the fuels are light, air, water, food, and information. And we're talking about consuming these in the right ways. And, we're, and it does make a difference. Like this is the idea of consuming light, right? Let's just take that one thing. You have to realize that your, your brain, your body literally responds to the sun. And it needs this full spectrum lighting if it's going to have its awakening abilities and all these other, it, you know, waken your mind and be sharper and everything else. <laughs> Our society is so messed up that a lot of people live like they're cavemen. They live in places where they never exposed to full spectrum lighting and bright levels to where their eyes and, uh, and their minds wake up and all the rest. You know, water, the same thing. We, we don't hydrate ourselves properly uh, with clear water, with uh, liquid minerals in it to the levels we need, especially in the morning where you're not only working to rehydrate yourself, but you're also needing to clear your body out, right? So an example there, you need to wake up in the morning and get some bright light, you know, with a full spectrum light, if there isn't one outside or go outside and close your eyes, look up at the sun, close your eyes. I said that, make sure your eyes are closed, but it will, it will stimulate your brain. And then the, the other, you know, food, I can't go and <laughs> consume food, but uh, that's all covered in here as well as information. One of the keys on information, don't wake up and look at the news, look at your phone, get centered, get your, get your life going, your focus on yourself and then integrate information as you need it. Don't let it control you. Okay. If you find yourself compelled to check something, you have a problem. Okay. So you need to take control of that. And then the idea of food too, I just want to say this one thing. Uh, we as a modern society in some of these nations that we live in, Australia is one, America, uh, we're blessed with unbelievable amounts of food. Okay, and we have endless sources, endless varieties, right? But honestly, that's not how you need to think about food. Food is a fuel. You need to give your body, your cells, your uh, atoms in your body, you know, the, the, the molecules, everything work in a certain way and they need certain things, right? If you don't get vitamin B, if you don't get uh, vitamin C or these other amino acids and things, your body's not going to be able to build itself properly. So all of these diets are, are a joke. Okay, just forget about dieting. You just need to eat properly and moderate the level of food you eat depending on how much you want to lose or gain. Okay, it's literally that easy. You don't change what you eat. You just eat less or more of it because you need all of these things. Then again, I'm talking real foods and I go through it. There's ways you can do this too. It's not even super expensive. Uh, I make a soup, all sorts of different things. Let me just move on. <laughs> so the fifth foundation here is self-care. And this is where we learn literally all the different aspects of how to care for your body. While this does focus on our bodies a lot, it is the vehicle that we're using in this lifetime. So if you, if you don't take care of it properly, you're not going to do well. i just give you a couple of keys here. One is you have to realize you as a human are your primary caregiver, right? You, I got to stop hitting my mic. I was told that on the last show. I do that too much. I'm sorry about that. You as a human being are your primary caregiver. You can't rely on a doctor or somebody else to just take care of you, right? So you need to keep track of everything uh, and what's happening and what your problems are and be able to explain them and deal with them. If you can't, you really need to find an advocate or somebody that can help you with this, right? The next thing is you need a solid uh, preventative care plan. The whole idea 
of the way is to take care of yourself so you don't need all of this stuff, right? Longevity is the idea of not just living long, it's the idea of you being in your 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s, and being able to climb that mountain, go here and go there, not sit in hospital rooms, not be in pain all the time, not be sickly and all the rest, right? So there are, again, there are best practices. If you just do them, you will live that way. And what kind of pissed me off, and the reason I wrote this book, honestly, is because so many of these things that I found are so unbelievably like obvious and not out there. It's like everybody that's out there, it's giving you a solution is for some reason want to sell you more and more and more books or has some weird way of looking at things like, Oh, here's my angle. And it's like, no, I don't want your angle. I don't want this weird thing. I want the truth, man. I just want to know how do I eat to take care of myself? How do I exercise? What do I need to do to be flexible and fast and strong enough and all these kind of things. I don't want to spend my life in the gym. I, you know what I mean? So this whole idea of self-care is about you making sure that you are caring for yourself and letting yourself be healed so that you don't fester problems that will hurt you a lot later. So that's basically, I mean, step five is all about you perfecting your day and becoming the best person you can be by mastering the foundations of life. And it's these foundations all together that really make up who you, you know, you surround everything else around these things. You have to eat, you have to sleep, you have to take care of yourself. You know what I mean? If you master all of those things, it'll help you do everything else better. So does that make sense as far as uh, step five? Yes, yes, it does make sense. A few things I've taken out of that I'd like to ask you about is the aspect of time. We actually take it for granted, time, that we realize things when it's too late, you know, and we should be taught these things earlier because although when you're young, you're not necessarily still going to appreciate it because you think you're going to be young for the rest of your life. (laughs) But you're right about the things that you're putting in your body will reflect. I just think it's interesting. What are your thoughts on that about time and how we deal with it? Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, time management is a big thing and realizing that every hour of your life is precious, right? I think when we teach our kids things, you, you have to realize the child mind is different than adult mind. So it's not reason, but it's teaching them to utilize their day. And like, I'll give you an idea. My nephew now is in college and most of his friends have no daily schedule. You know what I mean? Like as soon as they leave home, it's like they just lose everything. Whereas when he was young, I gave him, here, let me pull this up. Um, I did this, this one's in a spreadsheet, but I'm not sure if you can see that on it. Yep. Yeah. On the website and in the book on step five, you'll see that there's a link to it. You go to the website, you can download all sorts of cool tools to help you with this. The daily way is on there. You can make your own daily way. You can use the examples that are there. There's habit building sheets, there's communication guides, there's mental focus guides, meditation help, all sorts of stuff. But the daily way, having this plan literally written out where you can see it. And the reason it's on a clipboard is because you want it in your life, right? You need to integrate these things. Mm-hmm. So when you're first doing this, you're going to be amazed. You're going to, oh, wait, I want to go get the mail at this time of day instead of this time of day. I want to do a little exercise here because I'm stressed out after that meeting with my boss every day. You know what I mean? You, you can perfect your literal day to make it, oh, I got to remember to play music in my lunch hour so I can really rock out instead of just sitting there like a machine. You list it all out and you work on it and you, mm. and you keep doing it until this is your day, right? And I go through this whole thing in there about how to create that master your daily way. But that's when you're perfecting your day, you're perfecting your life, you're perfecting who you are. And that's how you integrate the virtues into your life. So by teaching our children how to just do this naturally, like literally, like when they're a kid, you pull out this paper and you're, okay, honey, here's your day. You're going to wake up. And now when you wake up, here's what we're going to do. We're going to do a little exercise. You're going to drink some water. You're going to eat this apple. You know, you just take them through it, like literally map it out for them. This will become their first habits. And this is what will change the world because if we can integrate the best practices of how to do all these foundations, communication, everything into our kids, it just becomes their way of being, right? It's, it's not like they're trying to, they are this. Mm-hmm. And if instead of you being 30 years old going, wow, I, I just learned a really key communication skill. Wow, I'm in my 30, I'm 35 and I just learned how to hydrate myself properly. You know what I'm saying? I mean, this is ridiculous, right? So this is why I wrote this book. And again, I wish I wish it was out there. I swear to God, I look for this kind of thing for my whole life. I have a collection of hundreds of books. I've read thousands of different ones, listen to them. And it just was like, I feel like 
a lot of people that write books, they want to write books. They want to write books and books and books. Like a lot of the, you know, God bless you, Anthony Robbins and uh, Deep Rock and all the rest of these guys. But I feel like when you read their books, it's just like they don't either they don't know how to put it all in a really set plan or they just want you to buy endless books. Or it's, and what I'm saying to you is you need to just find out this information and then focus on your life. You know what I mean? And then live your beautiful life. I don't want you to read endless more books. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like integrate all virtue into your life. I mean, it's really that simple. That's what all Tony Robinson's books are about. Everybody's, but a lot of times they don't teach you exactly how to do it or they have certain ideas, but the whole idea of, of the best practices is really key. So that's why ideas, mastering time, teaching your kids how to do this is really important. Sorry, I went off a little. little no, no, that's that. okay. And it's really interesting what you say about angles. I've read many, many, many books to you know, to, obviously we want self-help to want to improve our life, our health, sure. everything, our relationships and so forth. But you're right. You know, I've read so many books and it's like, well, which angle do I listen to? Which one do I take yeah. on? Right. You know, and, and if that, it doesn't resonate with you, I don't believe it's for you. What do you think about that? Well, what I found is I think they're all, everybody's talking about the same things. Like I get little pieces from all of these yes. people. You know what I'm saying? But what they haven't done, and this is the problem with a lot of faith. Like if you look at uh, all the yogis, right? And Indian philosophy, Hinduism, you know, it's like literally, I mean, there's thousands and thousands of them. And they're, you know, they're all like talking about all these different things. And you're like, really it boils down to you becoming the best person you could be, integrating virtue and being the best person. But they sometimes will write in a way that makes it seem like only the yogis can know, you know, and we have to help you little citizens understand how to deal with it and sitting in the mountain and just meditating for your whole life is really the ultimate reality. It's not, you know what I'm saying? It's like being a priest is not the ultimate level. Being a yogi is not, it's like you perfecting your life is the ultimate, you know what I'm saying? And, and humanity is having kids and doing work and, you know, integrating our reality and all these other things. So I don't know when we're talking about this whole idea, it just seems like I said, to me, it's about, can we simplify it? Mm. You know what I mean? And, and the way, isn't my way. And we say it resonates. I think sometimes we just need to understand some keys and make them resonate with you. It's like, you know, good. Do you know the good? <laughs> do you want it for yourself? I mean, really, do you want the good for yourself or not? I mean, do you want to be hateful and live this horrible life? And, or do you want to feel good and happy? You know what I mean? These are really profound things when you go through it with people and then you go, okay, well now you're gonna have to make a choice. You're gonna have to take some actions to do this right? This is why life is a challenge, right? It wouldn't be worth it. We would be puppets if it wasn't this way. But again, what gets me is like, I just want to make this simple for everybody so we can get on with the important stuff in life. You know what I mean? If we could just integrate all this into our society and how we raise our kids, then no kid would ever have to read the way because they would be living the way. They already way. know everything. <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm saying. You know, it's like the problem is that we have is that we're all born ignorant and then some of us learn this and that. We don't all, we all have the little pieces. We all mm -hmm. think we know the truth. We all think we're on the good side, but a lot yeah. of people are doing evil, thinking it's good, you know? Yeah. I mean, the, the greatest evils in the world are usually done by people thinking they're doing the greatest goods, you know? So... For information about the power of a vision board, you can now download my free ebook that I've created about how to make your vision board literally come to life. Just go to gracechevelle.com.au slash resources. I just want to go into a little bit about sleep again. One practice that I do is that I don't watch the news late at night. Actually, I don't watch television a lot anyway, but and watching if you watch a scary movie at night time or a drama or it really affects your sleep, your mind during the night is playing that over and over and over again. What are your thoughts on that? Absolutely. I have this whole thing. When you, when you're perfecting your daily way, you yep. have this evening routine and that separates you from all of that stuff. You can, and again, this goes back to other principles in the, in the, uh, in the practice where you're training your mind the idea of meditation, be, you're being able to take control of your mind. You know, the idea of this, uh, the human conditions, right? They really focus us in three ways. They focus us in self-control, self-development, and societal development. That's where the purpose of life comes from, where us becoming the best people we can be, creating a better society. It's all based on these human conditions. So when you're talking about like your sleep routine, there are literally things that you can do where you meditate, you stretch out, you separate yourself from the past day. You don't enter the next day. You have this, we call it my time in the book. 
um, where you have your time for you, period. And this is where you, like I said, you go through this little routine where you separate your you get music, different um, scents in the room, different things you do. You know, I always advise uh, doing stretching exercises, yoga, you know, low, low uh, intensity stuff to really, you know, stretch out, lengthen your body, hang upside down. Gravity is a big deal, right? We're getting all smashed all day long, you know, hanging upside down, strengthening and uh, lengthening your body allows you to compensate for that. So again, all these traits, these best practices, if you do them every night, you'll separate yourself from the day. So even if you did see some horrible news, you know, it still can stay with you. you know what I mean, it's like, I see things during the day. It's oh my God. <laughs> but regardless of what's happening, you need to enter this state of mind where it's, where you're able to separate uh, from the world and be you. And that's part of the reason why part of the practice is dedicated to uh, meditation as one of the aspects of how we train our minds. Yep. Follow me on my Facebook page at gracechevelle.liveyourpassion. The book sounds like it's a great package and it's very clear. We get on the path, center ourselves, fix up the foundations of our life, and then in step six, unite. So what do we learn? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Uh, step six, unite, is really uh, two different sections, right? We have the, the micro and the macro. The micro has to do with you and all the relationships around you immediately. So uh, the very first part is dedicated to learning how you can put your best foot forward, become a better friend, have better relationships, communicate better, uh, how to you know, stop negative thinking, depression, suicidal thoughts, how to end addiction, and all these personal qualities, you know, like I said, to, to get out there in the world, to be a better friend. Okay, so we are, everybody wants to be a better friend. Don't watch TV and learn how to be a better friend. All TV shows, when their friendships are all based on horror, nobody would want to be mocked and lied to and cheated on and all these things that people do in these, in these so-called comedy shows. Mm -hmm. So the idea of being a better friend, right, has to do with you keeping your word, backing them up, right? Don't talk about your friend behind their back. Don't say things about them that they, uh, if they're going to hear you, they wouldn't like, right? You should give them compliments, be kind, express your gratitude, listen to them, communicate well, be interested in what they're doing. You know, give them gifts, be trustworthy, look out for them. You know, one of the things like do favors for them, find things out that they like and help them with it. You know, it might be just information, it might be a link that you send, it might be a gift, it might be a show that you guys go to. So find commonalities that you can kind of uh, work on together and enjoy. One of the things is enjoy silence with people too. Um, you don't always have to talk or do things. You can sit. One of the examples is two, two dudes just sitting around fishing and not saying anything for two hours, right? It's like, you know, but it's not like they're not having a good time. You know what I mean? They're enjoying their time with each other. And just because they're not talking doesn't mean it's not as meaningful. So I just want to want to say that there's obviously a lot to this. There's stuff in there about men and women. The Way is broken up into three books for publishing reasons, because it would be huge. But the second book is the Life Manual, which covers the five foundations we're talking about in minute detail. They're covered in here a little bit. But then the third book is The Child and Family Guide. And what it does is it draws on all the information of the way and the life manual, but also gives you specifics about kids and how to integrate this information. Like I said, you, you build up their best practices as their foundational habits, which makes their lives that much better. You know, now in, in step six, we go into the macro, which is the world stuff. And this is the stuff I'm, I'm currently doing a lot of videos on, but it covers all the major aspects of our society and like how we can manage and for you to understand how it works, but also how we can literally manage power, government, business, and wealth in order to create a society that can help us be our best and live wonderful lives, you know, create a better world. These includes things like, and I did videos on these too, how to fix our justice system, how to end homelessness and poverty, uh, how to fix voting systems, the different governments of the world, how to peacefully force positive change, why violence will never lead to lasting peace. So, you know, all of those kind of things are in the book, but there are also videos you can go to the website, uh, Seven Way Me, and you can see those. But one concept out of this whole thing that I think is very important right now is realize that while we, we have so many problems in this world, there are literally probably a hundred people or less that are causing most of them. Okay. And, and it's always been this way. You can pick out a handful of country leaders and business leaders that are running these organizations. Now they need our help because a lot of these people are confused, divided, you know, corrupt and whatever. Some of them are good leaders, but don't have a lot of backing, uh, but we also need to create better leaders. But the key here is, okay, that it's we, the people 
united in common cause, with the right information, doing the right things, that can change anything. We together are the ones that built every country. We built the pyramids and you know did all this stuff, but it's all of us together, right? A billion people with one dollar and a couple clicks a month, and maybe if a group of them here and there just blockading something could change the world. I mean, literally. I mean, just think about the power, and I want you to really think about this. Right now, we are more connected than any time in human history. This is the only time in all of human history that we can literally make these changes. Why? Because we, so many of us are awake right now. We've been traumatized and sometimes we need to be shaken to awaken and burn to learn. That's just the way humans work, but we have been burned. We have learned. We are ready for this great change. So don't let them go back to the way it was. Okay. The way it was has always been horrible. We either going to go forward and uh, create a better and better world. And like I said, we need to take some major steps right now. It doesn't take much, right? I'd rather everybody be able to do a click and give a dollar than all of us have to go out on the streets and march for hours and days and give up your life. You know what I mean? If, if that's what's happening in our society, the leaders have to realize that's the problem, right? You've got to know, you don't want your people doing that. I don't want people so interested uh, in government that they're protesting, right? I want to know their problems so we fix them so they don't have to protest, right? We're not shutting down the government because we can't talk to each other. We can't come to a deal. That's a joke. I mean, this whole thing, when I talk to uh, normal everyday people, we all want the exact same things, right? Mm -hmm. We don't want the liars and cheaters in control. We want fair voting. We want uh, to fill the void within. We want real answers. We want all these great, wonderful things. So why, why is it like this? They're not accepting the feedback. They're not accepting the feedback, but I think it's also, it's like any organization seems to fracture and the more extremists become in control. And over time, it gets twisted. I mean, you can look at any organization. Look at the Catholic Church. Jesus Christ, the King of Peace, right? The guy who wants to figure out how to feed everybody, the problems with rich and poor and health care. Imagine being the leader of his organization going, I want you to go down to Christ's homeland and kill everyone, take their stuff and take their land. Do you imagine Jesus Christ saying that? I mean, this is the leader of his organization. How twisted you have to, let's torture our own people. You know what I'm saying? I mean, so, I mean, you, you could go in any religion. Do I just mean to pick on the Christians? I can pick on uh, Islam or the Jewish people and whatever. Everybody's got their twisted leaders that twist like a, a fragment of the religion and make it the whole thing. And it's like, oh, now we're all about killing everybody. Wait, what? What happened? How do we get into being murderers when we're following a peace man? You know, so what I'm saying to you, the same thing is happening with all of these organizations. Our political leaders are often the extreme, picked by the extremist, picked by the extremist. You know what I mean? So we have this fractured uh, lead re where it's like, okay, so we just want good roads and clean water and good schools. And you know what I mean? It's like, why are we doing all of this other stuff? You know what I mean? Why can't you guys just make that work? And why are we fighting about all these fringe issues? And, you know, there are real solutions to every problem. There are not conservative solutions and liberal solutions. If anything, you need to take both sides because they're all virtues, right? When you talk about, oh, these are conservative values. Those are like being financially sound and frugal or whatever. Those are virtues, period. They're not one side, but you also have to take the other side of being human, you know, humanity, being nice and good, you know, helping people, treating people as equals uh, as you would want to be treated. You can't just negate all of that. So this idea of creating a better society, we have to help the blind see, right? We can't throw shade in mud so they turn away and hate. Uh, hate begets hate. Violence, more violence. There is no tragedy and atrocity that's undone by another tragedy or atrocity, right? The only way we win is if we make our enemies into our friends. The only way we do that is through love. The only way we can find a way is to see everybody as equals. And I say this honestly, if you look at anybody that you think is the worst human in the world or the worst group of people or whatever. Imagine them as babies. Imagine them as your skin color. Imagine them as your family. Would you want us to kill them or would you want us to help them become better people? If you want to kill somebody because of who they could be, you should really want to help them feel pity for them, feel sorry for anybody that's being twisted into this hateful human being. Mm. 
So if we're going to if we're going to solve this, we again have to make our enemies into our friends. We have to become better people ourselves. Right. If we're going to become better people, we all need to get on the same page when it comes to these basics of life. Once we're on the same page, we can create a better society. So the whole idea here is get on the same page with the basics of the way we can join together within the one movement and party uh, to make these changes happen. And again, this is not about me. This is about all of us. And it's about us finding the best leaders to fill the places that they need to help us grow. You know, a leadership, this whole idea of leadership is really important. The idea of the pyramid where this guy's at the top and everybody else lower and lower, you peons and peons, is a joke. Okay. The first idea is of a pyramid. The bottom layer is the foundation, right? This is like, there may be many more. But without those salespeople, those truck drivers, those, you know, baggers of your stuff and stock boys, nothing happens. Nothing happens. Nothing, nothing. So if you understand a company, there is no unneeded position in your company. Everybody has value. So the idea of equality of of us having a great life, we need a certain amount of money or resources or things to live. What I call in the book is like the happiness level. It's like this range where depending on where you live in the world, you need to have. Otherwise, you're, if you don't have a certain clean water, food, housing, education, you know what I mean? You, you're not going to be happy. If you have to worry about your freedom, your safety, all these other aspects of society, this is what the idea of the true society is, right? We're going from savage, barbarian, civilized, which some people say we're, we're barely at right now, enlightened society, and then the true society. So as we're in this step six, Unite, we're learning how to integrate our life with how we can fix our society. So it's how you do your life every day. It's the stuff you buy. It's who you interact with. It's, you know, that, that can change the world. So this shows us how we can do that and how we can unite to fix the world. And I can see we're running out of time. So let me just tell you what step seven is. Okay, I'll just do it really fast. Uh, step seven is really about this whole idea of, of the word perfect in English. It can be perfect or perfect. So it's the idea that things are perfect. So if, let's say, a painting, a beautiful, like the Mona Lisa, right? It has to be kept in a certain amount of, certain air, uh, light, you know what I mean? Cause it's going to get damaged. It is literally deteriorating regardless of what we do. It will not be there one day, thousand years from now, 2000. I don't know how long we can preserve it, but the idea of perfection and your relationships in your, in your life, you need to maintain it. So you need to figure that out. The other aspect is to refine, right? To, it's like every time you reach a certain limit, right? You, you realize, Oh, there's a whole nother mountain beyond there, right? There's another level you can achieve. That's where the idea in our society and self, right? And we go in, in this section about how you can do a review of yourself, uh, help with your friends and family to figure out all the things you can't see so you can make them better. Because sometimes we don't know what we don't know. We can't see what we can't see. But your friend might, you know, your mom might, they might have an aspect that they can help you with. So that same idea is, is also how we can perfect our society or any organization or business. So that's the last step, perfect. So you put all of these steps together and they become more than the sum of their parts because it's like it should seem obvious that you becoming the best person you can be perfecting your day perfecting how you interact with society will help you become your best as well as create a better world and again if we just all kind of get on the basic understandings of this uh it'll help us it'll help our leaders i just want to say this i mean all the leaders out there that are having problems you're stuck you're you know you're corrupted i mean i've talked to people that know that they're screwed. Okay. They know that they're in a, like they're in between a rock and a hard place, right? They're in an old legacy system, right? That has put them in a, in a position of power, but the power structure is innately corrupt. Okay. So we don't want to be like leadership haters, you know, leader haters or uh, rich haters. You know what I mean? We can't, we're not going to solve anything with this hate. We need to just have them realize some things maybe move them out of some power positions if they're not qualified and put other people in there, but to help them, you know what I mean? It's like, a, like I said, we need to untwist the twisted, make our enemies our friends. We need to help the leaders that are doing wrong become better and help them fix the society so that it isn't set up to where they have to be corrupt, if that makes sense. Mm. Yeah. This is a clarified so many things. So, and it makes life, and why we are here so clear, doesn't it? We get on the path, we centre ourselves, we fix up the foundations of life, unite with others, and then perfect everything. 
So That's you've it. put it together in a, in a great little package in this book. Exactly. And, and honestly, I'm trying to find the way. That's what's called the way. So yeah. if anybody's out there sees that I'm missing something that's so fundamental, uh, let me know. But I don't know of any other way for us to do this. You know, if you look at humanity, we need something to rally around, right? Usually it's a book, it's a message. And then we unite with this message and then we join together and we make changes. I mean, this is how every organization starts, countries, you name it. So this movement, we as a humanity have got to rally around. And for me, it's not just one. We have to integrate all of these solutions at the same time. You know what I mean? Otherwise, we're going to be here forever and it's not going to change anything because it it's like your personal life, right? If any of the foundations of your life falls apart, your finances, your relationships, your work, uh, your health, whatever it may be, it will destroy you. The same is true with our society. You know, if our food system stops working, you know, it's like our, edu our educational system, whatever it may be, they all need to work, period. We need to be able to deal with power. We need to be able to deal with all of these different government structures and fix them so they work for all of us. And, you know, this whole world is a training ground for us to become the best people we can be. But it's not like we're islands, right? We have to unite with other people. You have no choice. So either we're going to do it well or we're going to go to war and kill each other. You know, which do you want? I know what everybody wants. Yeah. Nobody wants war and hate and destruction. So the question is, how do we do it? You know what I mean? This, is, this has been the challenge throughout all of human history. Are we going to Armageddon, destruction, or are we going to save humanity and become the best thing we can be? Are we going to fail to vice and, and fall to sin, or are we going to rise up and integrate virtue into our life and become the best people we can be and help people become the best people they can be instead of hating everybody and judging them and the sickness of superiority infecting everybody? I mean, my God, that has happened so many times. It makes me sick. It's happening right now in the world it's always the good people too like they are so superior they know better and that's what leads us to war people like even hitler right it's like he's going to war going uh we're evil we're out here to destroy your life no that's not what he was saying right the same is true for everything that's happening now we as humanity can fix all of this stuff we just need to join together in the right way so if, if there's anything you take from this know that there's hope uh we can fix this and uh just join together and let's get the ego out of it and just do what's right and make all this stuff happen. Just imagine um, how the world would be if everybody read your book and understood all the foundations, how people would Absolutely. look at life. <clears throat> it would change the world. I mean, when we talk about, I've had a lot of spiritual experiences and I can kind of see how history works. So I've studied enough history to know this is how it happens. Okay. We literally... You as a human being, whoever you are listening there, you don't have to like become some devout worshiper that's, you know, separate your whole life and does this. If you just take the general concepts and integrate it into your life and tell other people about it, if you all just say, I follow the way, what is the way? The way is living rational, positive action. What does that mean? It means we're going to integrate virtue and best practices into our life. Why are you doing that? Because that's how we become better people. You know, it's like understanding those, just those basic concepts and what that means and literally how we do it will change the world. So and I want to say this, what gives me hope is obviously our kids. And there's so many wonderful people out there that want all of these things. I really, truly believe that this is why so many of us are here right now, whether you're old souls being born into this world so we can make this great change or you're our new soul that is here to help us with this. The point is that this is the only time. You know what I mean, there's no time in human history that we could have done this because we were not connected like this. I cannot tell you something in Australia right now. You know what I mean? I mean, that you can then show to the to your people in Australia, but all over the world. This is it. And, it, and if we don't take this window because of the destruction that's happening to the world and the power plays and the, our, our ability to kill each other and everything else, robot war, CRISPR, uh, you name it, we're not going to make it so this revolution of peace, this why I call it the seven revolutionary steps, is about us taking this over, all of us. And it's about us becoming the best people we can be. It's about peace. It's about happiness. It's about logic. It's about us just doing what's right. It's not as complicated. The only people that make you think we're divided and it's so complicated that they're the only ones that can do it and all that just want your power and money and everything else. There are good leaders out there. and We can certainly make these changes in the world. With people like you out there, we can. 
All I can say is thank you for putting this um, wonderful book together. It looks like you've you've spent your whole life experiencing it, learning, and finally putting it all together in a in a great package. Do you offer anything else? Is there any other products that you offer? Sure. Well, I, if you go to the website um, Seven Way Me, that's the number seven W A Y dot M E. And it's that way, it's like seven way me. You can say like a command, like seven way me now. So, <laughs> you know, it's like a command. So you're like integrating the seven steps of the way uh, within yourself when you say it. So you go to the seven way me mm-hmm. and there you're going to see, you can learn about the way, you can learn where to get the way. There's an action center in there and that is under development still, but there's a lot of resources in there. I mean, if you want coaching or training programs, you can sign up for all different stuff. We have comedy programs that you can join where, you know, uh, video programs, all sorts of different things. But there's also resources. Like I said, you can get your own daily way. You can get communication checklists, meditation guides within that section. Then there's the Society Solutions, uh, which has all different types of videos and it will be expanding. So you'll have, you know, how to stop or end negative thinking, depression, suicide, how to fix our justice system, how to end corruption. You know, I'm going to do more body stuff. My friends, everybody keeps telling me, dude, stop with all the society stuff. We love it, but we want to know how to eat properly, how to, you know, all these other things. So I'm, after I do this next set of videos on the society stuff, I'm going to switch gears and start doing some of the more personal stuff. And then from there, there's these, the one movement and party, which is literally just starting. So just join that. And it's all about how we can all join together. And like I said, make these changes happen can join as organizations together. So we, you know, it's not like you stop doing what you're doing. It's just, you're joining this too. And then we all kind of join together to make these great changes and it'll develop as we go forward. Obviously I just cut the book out in December 24th and I'm just starting to go on shows. So this is all starting. It's, it's a bit humbling. I need a lot of help advice. So whoever's out there hearing this, please help me. (laughs) You know, I need, I need you. Andrew, you've been a truly wonderful guest today. Thank you so much for joining me. And I'm looking forward to having you on again and connecting with you online to finding out what else you're up to. And everyone, pick up a copy of The Way at any bookstore. Also go to sevenwayme.com. That's the number seven, wayme.com, where you can learn more about Andrew's books, programs, and find all the links to his social media so you can join him too. Thank you. And we'll talk soon. God bless you. Thank you. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Take care, everybody. You've been listening to Conversations with Grace, the podcast. You can follow me on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate and review this podcast. Join me next week for another episode of Conversations with Grace, Journeys to Entrepreneurship. For more information, you can go to gracechevelle.com.au. Thank you so much for listening.